Well, today my purpose is pretty simple. We are talking about the Holy Spirit again. And um, essentially through it, I believe his purpose, therefore my purpose, is that you know him and that you are known by him. I think it's very easy to get into a rut where we just go through the routine of doing what we think we need to do and maybe even reading the scriptures. Uh, but, but the routine is not what's going to bring freedom necessarily in your world. Some people routine so important, but, but it's not routine in itself that brings freedom because we can get caught and trapped in routine and almost the rules of doing things where God is a God of relationship. That's the difference between Christianity and religion, is relationship in a nutshell. And you and I are designed for relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the way we're made. When we take the time to actually stop and be aware of his presence, you discover that you can hear God. We all can. It's the way we're made. It's just we often don't stop for long enough. We discover that actually we can have an intimate relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because it's the way he designed us, the way he designed us to live, the way he designed us to walk. And sometimes we just need to be so intentional about that and need to click out of the routine of life or the, I do this, I do that, I'm in church, good on me, you're doing the right thing. Well, good on you for being in church, but it's not going to get you to heaven, eh? Relationships, what gets you to heaven? And that's acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He died on a cross. He made it so you could come again into relationship with him. So relationship is what's so, so important. And so I was thinking about back to the future and, you know, we see the Holy Spirit at work right through the scriptures. But particularly I was thinking from Acts chapter 2 where he comes on the church forward. You see him so involved with the life of church every day, that the church, people, you and me, every day, and at work and working in people. And I wonder if our expectation has changed a little bit these days, where it becomes, it should always be special, but whether it becomes the out-of-the-box thing to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit instead of the normal day-to-day life. Because when he was sent to come on us, live in us, It was about every day, all day, every decision, wisdom, those kind of things. But today, again, we're looking at the Trinity. And you know, the Trinity isn't a a word that you're going to find in the Scriptures anywhere. The Trinity is a word that people have used to try and describe the nature of God. Trinity, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three in one. One, like I say, you won't find it anywhere, the word Trinity in Scripture, but right from Genesis 1-1 all the way through to Revelation 22, if you're looking for God 3-1, you can't help but see him. He is there, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You just go, oh my goodness, he is everywhere. That's because he's omnipresent. He is everywhere in there. And if you go to Genesis 1.1, you know, the scriptures start with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God. There's two of them so far, father and spirit. We're in Genesis 1.1. 1.1. If you go to Revelation, 
The last couple of verses in there, verse 17 says, The Spirit, who's that? Holy Spirit, you can talk to me. The Spirit, it's got a capital S, so who is that? It's all right. Don't worry if you get it wrong. You'll get it right by the end. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the bride say, Come, let anyone who hears this say, Come, let anyone who is thirsty come, let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. Who is the water of life? Oh, you're going to make this hard, eh? Who is it? Who is the water of life? You just speak louder through your mouth. Jesus. Jesus. The water of life is Jesus. So there, verse 17, we've got the Spirit and we've got Jesus. Go down a couple of verses to the very last verse of the Bible. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, who's that? It's not a trick question. Jesus. Be with God's, who's it talking? God the holy people. Right from the very start to the book to the very end of the book, all the way, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, often a couple mentioned here, a couple there, sometimes all together. If you go to Jesus' baptism, like I said, the word Trinity is not in there, but if you go to Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, um, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice, a voice from heaven said, this is my loved son. So who is that? He said, this is my loved son. No, the voice said, this is my loved son. Father, great, great, who brings me great joy. So in that verse, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, traditionally, in uh, many evangelical churches past, it's been the Father, Son, and the other fella. Or the Father, Son, and the Holy Scriptures. We're a Pentecostal church, which makes us no better than any other church. But we do understand, I pray, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three unique persons within the Godhead. One God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you, a couple of weeks ago, Jan spoke on the Trinity and uh, she had a really good video she used which helped, because we can't get our heads around it, eh? It's just a little bit much. You come to the end of your thinking and then the pressure starts to grow. It's like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work it out, but I can't. It's too much. But I, I think that's a good thing because... Um, I think your brain is like 3.2 kgs or something, 3.6. I'm going for 3.6 for me. You know, some of you may be uh, 2.9. <laughs> that was horrible, wasn't it? Three point, I'm going with 3.6. But at 3.6 kg, if my brain can work out God, he's not a very big God. Hey. And so, so at some point, you just got to go, Okay, I, I kind of get it, but I, I really don't get it. But by faith, I give, I've got it. By faith, I've got it. Genesis 1, 1 to 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Like I said, in there we see God the Father and God the Son, Spirit of God. Now, if you step to the other side of the coin which would be the New Testament, that's Old Testament, First Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. 
the book of John, chapter 1, it's like we see the same thing happening from a different perspective. Book of John, 1 John, 1 to 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Who is the Word? Oh, there wasn't a lot of confidence in that answer. In the beginning, the Word. Who is the Word? Word, yes, the Word is Jesus. We know the Word is Jesus. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word God, the Word gave life to everything and was created, and His life brought light to the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Go to one John. Uh, sorry, go to John one fourteen. So the Word became and made His became and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Again, we've got the Father and the Son then, the Word we're talking about, Jesus. It's like creation from the other. You know, Genesis 1.1, God the Father and the Spirit. Come round to 1 John. From the other perspective, Jesus' involvement. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is still misunderstanding that, that the Holy Spirit is some kind of vague force or energy that just kind of exists and happens and does stuff, and, but, but people wouldn't say he was God. This is the, you hear this in church too, in churches, that, that no, he's not, he's not fully God, but he is fully God. The scripture makes it clear. One God, three expressions, three persons, but the Holy Spirit is fully God. Don't for a second just think he's some mystical force that does the work of God here and there. and there. No, no, he's fully God. He carries the attributes of God. Amazing. I can see you're glazed over. It's all the theology you can cope with for a day. I think I'm doing pretty good. I do have my theology tutor, Dr. Michael Brown, sitting on the front row, which is pressure, let me tell you. It might be all right for you. But... Uh, I'm doing okay. They've said I'm doing okay. Help me, Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Let's go to Genesis 1 for a minute. I'm, I'm really into Genesis at the moment. You see, I just think that if God writes a book, the Bible, yeah? Are we on the same page? The Bible is God's book? Talk back. You're making this really hard. Yes, yes, yes. If God writes a book, the opening lines are going to be pretty important. Hey. And so are the closing lines. Everything in between. That's what they say. When you're doing a message, make sure the start's memorable and the end's memorable. And they won't remember what you said in the middle anyway. <laughs> but, but, but for God writing the book, the start's going to be really important. And so I'm really enjoying looking into the start of Genesis, uh, doing some study around that. The original language, the Hebrew is just so rich that our English really struggles to capture the depth of what's been said. The, the authors, they're just like genius, geniuses, the way they write, and, um, which obviously is a work of God in them where he made them super bright so they could write like that, something. But it's incredible. So it starts, In the beginning, God. Talking about God the Father, Elohim, the supreme God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I go straight to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Romans is my uh, go-to chapter, Romans 1, for why the world's in the mess that we're in. 
Because if Genesis says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, this is a little bit of a rabbit hole, but Romans chapter 1 says this from verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse, no excuse for not knowing God. It's reaffirming what he's already told us in verse 1 of chapter 1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The word there for formless is a, it means a place of chaos. I really like this, and this is wrong in lay my message, is on this thought of chaos in a few minutes. The, the, the earth was formless, place of chaos and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters or the face of the waters, and the Spirit of God, we don't have to guess whose Spirit it is because it tells us, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, still with me? Yeah. The Spirit of God, it assumes that His identity is God, the Spirit of God, the word there, Spirit, is ruach, ruach, which literally means the, the breath of God. It's the same breath that he put into us, but the way it's written, it, it assumes that it's, been, um, it's come from a rational being. It's not just some random energy. The Spirit of God, who's God uh, whose Spirit? It's God's Spirit, hovered across the surface of the waters. It's an amazing thought. He was there right from the start. Psalm 33, 6 says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. Amazing. Amazing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit again. John 15, 26, I like it. It says, But I will send you, I like it all, but, you know, but I will send you an, the advocate, the spirit of truth, he will come to you from the Father and testify all about me. The Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. Who gives us that revelation of Jesus? Oh, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. Or who does that? It's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' words are revealed uh, in this verse, 15:26. reveal the role, actually, of the Trinity. In this instance, Jesus said that the Spirit will proceed from the Father will be sent by the Son and will be a witness about the Son. Maybe another way of wording that would be that the Father is the head of the deity. The Son is the one who reveals the deity. And the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work of the deity. Again, in limited understanding. But does that make sense? Great, great. This will really help you if you can get hold of this. C.S. Lewis said this, which I think is helpful, but maybe a little difficult to grasp as well. But anyway, C.S. Lewis said, You know that among human beings, when they get together in a family, a club or a trade union, people talk about the spirit of that family, of that club or of that union. 
They talk about its spirit because the individual members, when they come together, do really develop a particular way of talking and behaving which they don't have if they were apart. Amen? Get it? That was a fail. You should have said amen back because that would have made my point. But you didn't. So I'm going to have a little sulk for a minute before I go on. It is as, it is as if a sort of communal, person, communal personality came into existence. Of course, it isn't a real person. It's only rather like a person. But that's just one of the differences between God and us. What grows out of the joint life of the Father and the Son is a real person. In fact, the third of the three persons who are God. It's a unique relationship. It's an amazing relationship. But can I reinforce that the Holy Spirit is God? He is God. He is a person. He is a God who does the work of the Trinity often. The Holy Spirit is the Trinity member that you and I generally interact with. Now, I'm not saying it has to be like that all the time because Father and Son are also omnipresent. But generally, it's the Holy Spirit that you and I are interacting with. When a miracle takes place or something significant happens or God where I'm hearing God or uh, it's the Holy Spirit that we're interacting with. He came on his church. He filled his people. He came on his church, filled his people, and we live with him in us and on us. It's the Holy Spirit who we're interacting with. So when you're having a conversation with God, it's normally the Holy Spirit. You might be addressing Father, addressing Jesus, but it's through the Holy Spirit. The actual interaction point is generally the Holy Spirit. I like to think of discipleship as living a life that allows the Holy Spirit to bring order to my chaos. Because that's what his presence does. That's how I would describe discipleship to you today. Probably different tomorrow. But living a life that allows the Holy Spirit to bring chaos, uh, uh, to bring order and life to my chaos. I don't need help with chaos. I'm really good at it. In fact, Dr. Ray Andrews um, would say that uh, my head is full of chaos. In fact, he pointed at me one time. Jan and I were having an appointment with him, a, a health check. And he just, he just pointed it at my head and he said, Oh my Lord, he said, you got Star Wars going on in there. And he's so right. So right. I, I don't know what it's like in your head. All I know is that in mine, I have calm and it slowly builds, slowly builds, slowly builds until there's this just white noise of chaos. And at that point, I can't even decide what I want to eat, let alone where I'm going, how I'm going to dress or any other thing. It's just like, oh my goodness. And I literally have to step back and say, help. Help me dissipate the chaos. I'm praying. Holy Spirit, dissipate the chaos. And you know what he says? He says, I'm sorry, Sheridan, there's nothing I can do about that. Just a few mistakes in your uh, construction. And um, it kind of gets jammed up in there and tough. That's not what he says. He, he says, sure. Love to. I'm the expert at chaos removal. I am the expert at coming on 
chaos and turning it into order and life. This is the point I want to leave with you today. Genesis 1.1, what did he say? He hovered over the chaos. What an opportunity. I think my chaos is bad, nothing like Genesis 1.1. And he says, wow, if I've got the opportunity, if you're inviting me, sure, I can go from hovering over your chaos to ordering your chaos and bringing your chaos so it produces life. And he does that for all of us. That's called relationship, not religion. Because it takes an invitation for him to do that. But he's an absolute expert at bringing order and life from our chaos. Have you got chaos in your world? Have you got chaos in your thinking? Maybe you've got chaos in some part of your life. Maybe the chaos is freaking you out. But Holy Spirit is going, oh my goodness, this is the place I want to be. There's chaos there. In society at the moment, chaos there. Wow. We invite your Holy Spirit, bring order, bring life from the chaos. In my life, in my head, in my spirit, bring order and life from the chaos. In our society, bring order and life from the chaos. Because that's what he does. That's good news, eh? There's hope for all of us. That's wonderful. doesn't matter what's going on in here. Well, it does actually, but you know what I mean? It doesn't. In the sense of... Invite the Holy Spirit in, and he can bring order and life from the chaos. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. The Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. And when God said, let there, boom, he was off. Did his work. Boom, changed things. Boom, brings order out of chaos. What's going on in your world where you desperately need the Holy Spirit to bring order to your chaos? See, I think if we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with God, and you might as well tell God, He knows anyway. I think we've all got areas of chaos. I think we Left to our own devices, our, world, our worlds normally go one way, the law of entropy, which is chaos. But with the Holy Spirit, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, walking with Him, conversating with Him, giving Him free access to my life, giving Him free access to your life, He can bring order and life to wherever there is chaos. Maybe the chaos is in your health. Maybe the chaos is in your financial situation. Maybe the chaos is in your relational situations. Maybe it's in your work situation. It doesn't matter where it is, the Holy Spirit can bring order and life to it. I really feel today that as we focus on the Holy Spirit's role in the Trinity, Let's just call it doing the work of the deity. That today he wants to do a work in our lives of bringing order to chaos. If you can identify an area in your life that's chaotic, I'd like you to stand to your feet. Any order in your life, and you go, wow, I think that's a bit chaotic. Why don't you stand to your feet right where you are? 
And let's ask God to come into that area. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to start to take that area and cause it to produce life and order. Online today, stand to your feet as well. I, I think I'm not 25 anymore. I have different chaos than I had when I was 25, but I've still got chaos going on, and I've just got to invite Holy Spirit regularly into that area, those areas. My prayer is normally very deeply theological and complex. It goes something like, help. I, I don't know about you, but I just find myself, even even in relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm just like, what, I, I don't know what to do now, Lord. I've kind of done everything I know. I'm pushed. Help. Where to from here? Help. It's broken. Help. I'm broken. Help. And I'm reminded that it's coming into His presence that allows the wholeness to come. It's coming into His presence that I truly begin to know Him and am known by Him. How do I know Jan so well? I've spent so much time with her. That's why. Holy Spirit, you see every person this morning, you see every heart, every response. You see chaos. And it doesn't put you off one bit. In fact, I'm sure you just light up like this is an opportunity for you to be God in our world. So Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we open our minds. Help us do that. To you this morning and perhaps our prayer is as simple as help. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would start to bring order and life to chaos in Jesus' name. That there would be a shift this morning. There would be a shift for people today as we allow you to minister to chaos.